What's going on, wrestling fans? You are now tuned in to the PA Power Hour. I am your host, Jeff Upson. I am joined by the always lovely, always smiling Mitch Rupert. And Mitch has a lot to talk about. He was at Faith Christian versus Wyoming Seminary. Then he went over the top hat. So I know you're looking forward to, to talking a little bit about what you saw and uh, some of the reactions that I have for watching the, the top hat and both the Wyoming Seminary and Faith Christian duel. So Mitch, First of all, how are you? Uh, you're you. I see Claudia. Is Claudia there? I can't see her. She is. She's laying behind me here. She'll be humping pillow on the bed behind me before too long. Well, probably. When when Dustin and I were doing the the podcast, he had a baby that was screaming. So um, I'll take Claudia humping pillows any day <laughs> over a, a child screaming. Um, it, it seemed like an amazing atmosphere up at Wyman Seminary. Uh, talk a little bit about just the vibe and the feeling up there. Cause watching it on the stream, you know, obviously we can't get the full effect of that, but what, what did that feel like being in there? Cause it's historic. It's not your traditional, like, you know, semi college like atmosphere. It, it's a little bit more, you know, grunge if you will. And uh, what, what was the feeling like the atmosphere like? It's, it's weird to describe, um, you know, fellow horseman, Tom Hausnick. Uh, I sat next to him all day Saturday and he asked about it, and I and I said it's it's weird because there's not a huge sem fan base hmm. because it's not a local team, if that makes a lot of sense. You know, so sure. many of those kids are from from out of the area. Now you have your Jake Dailies, your Anthony Evanitskis, who are from ten minutes down the road. Um, but it was it's fun. Like they were engaged. I bet half the fans there were from Faith Christian. You know, and they took the ninety minute drive up the Northeast Extension. It, uh, you know, it's a pretty easy trip to get there. So, um, but it was, it was fun. It started kind of slow, not a ton of action um, in that first match with Joey Bachman and Seamus Reagan, even though you have one versus five in the country, um, you know, so it wasn't super loud, but, but it just progressively built um, as the night went on. It was a great, I'm a dual meet guy, Jeff. And, and I think you get, you know, I come at this from a writer's background because I'm a former mm. writer and I guess a current writer a little bit. I would say but, current writer too. Yeah. <laughs> But, but your better stories come out of dual meets necessarily in the tournaments because you get the same kind of results out of the tournaments. Um, I'm going to get similar results from the top hat that I'll see at the King of the Mountain, um, whatever. Um, sim- the same kids, I guess. Uh, so dual meets give you something a little bit different each time out. Uh, I'm going to have a follow-up on Anthony Evanitsky and Joey Bachman um, either sometime this week, next week, sometime, whenever I get some time uh, to do that. You know, But, but they're interesting storylines. The atmosphere was really good. Uh, I'd like to go back and watch it because I, I want to hear Willie Saylor's call of the whole thing. He's so knowledgeable about everything. I just want to hear how he took it in um, a little bit. But it was a great atmosphere. I mean, it's different. It's not. It's it's not uh, Becca Notre Dame. Mm. When I've gone there the last couple years, um, and it's just two rabid fan bases. I think you have a relatively new <laughs> fan base in Faith Christian, and then just an odd fan base kind of from Sem because it's not local. So it's. It's interesting. Like, it didn't feel like one versus six. Maybe that's the best way to say it. It didn't feel like one versus six, but you knew it was by the level of competition on the mat. Was that because of the score, or was it just because of the the atmosphere inside the gym? Like, what, that it didn't feel like a one versus six? It, it was because of the atmosphere. It didn't feel yeah. like one versus six. You know, the score was the score, and, and, you know, as I kind of explained to everybody since then, I tried to convey in my story that it was, yes, it was 44 to 12, 
but it was a lot closer than that. Three one point matches that that Sem wins, um, you know, a couple I think matches by four points or less that they won a couple three point wins. So like the bouts were competitive. So there was reason to be excited, reason to be involved for all 14 matches or 12 contested matches, I guess it was, um, you know, but it's, it was just, I expect, I expected a little hostility. Maybe, 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 maybe I, my expectations were a little too high. I expected some hostility and there was none of that, you know, it was just fun wrestling. Like it was a good night of wrestling. I can't believe it was the first night of the season and it happened 15 minutes from my house. <laughs> well, you, you had, I love the term you use rabid uh, fan base from Becca Notre Dame. And I think that's putting it mildly. Um, rabid is, is definitely how I would describe both those fan base bases at, at, at times. Um, and I know what you're saying when, uh, because like the 44 area and like Wyoming seminary, Wyoming, Pennsylvania in general, there's a lot of rich tradition and history, but this team specifically has people from all over the country for, you know, for, for better, um, you know, that, that's just a fact. However, uh, I know what you're saying with the one versus six because of you didn't have people down each other's throat and it maybe wasn't, you know, people weren't being escorted out. Uh, in terms of the wrestling, I agree with you, and I think you did convey it in your story, is that the score wasn't quite indicative of what, how close the match was, right? And, of course, you look at the way it was set up. Um, they didn't wrestle PIAA weights, right? They wrestled National Federation of High School weights. So that favored Wyoming Seminary because you can obviously get more of your guys in the lineup versus when they wrestle at Powerade, they're going to have somebody bumped out, right? So... And, and let's not forget that they loaded up with everybody. When Joe Seeley's wrestling in a dual meet, that's serious because this is a guy who is one of the best, if not the best, in the nation pound for pound. So, I mean, they, they didn't come to just, you know, try it out. They came to win, and, and they certainly did. Yeah, and, and, and I love the story that both Ben Clymer, the coach at Faith Christian, and Cornell Robinson, the coach at, at Sim, they kind of – they, they told, you know, Ben put it out there back in the spring or sometime that, hey, to, to coaches, we don't have a big dual meet on our schedule. We'd like a big dual meet on our schedule. And, and Cornell reached out to him and was like, why don't you guys come up here? You know, and, and we'll put something together. Next year we'll return the favor and head down to Quakertown and, and we'll go we'll go wrestle down there. And they're like, yeah, why wouldn't we do this? Yeah, right. You know, so I, I love I love the fact that both teams were willing to test themselves. There's nothing to lose for faith Christian to go wrestle this match. They know they're good. And, and I really do honestly believe that that part of the reasoning Ben Clymer wanted to do this is we've seen this program just meteoric rise over the last mm -hmm. couple of years. And they're now the, the, the cream of the crop, um, not only in the class double a field, but they're as good a team in Pennsylvania as we have number six in the in the country for a reason. And I think he would wanted to show his kids there's a gap between six and one and and keep them a little humble. And Adam Waters talked about that, the value in that and staying humble. And and Ben talked about that, the value in staying humble. And and I think it was a good thing. And it, it was a good thing for Faith Christian. It's gonna be great for them down the road. And it was good for Sem to bring in a great another great team. Blair's coming in. Later this year, I think I, I, right. I'm hoping to be at that. I haven't looked that far down my schedule yet, um, uh, but it's it's a good thing for them 
to not just go to tournaments, but to showcase themselves at this kind of level uh, every once in a while. I would say mission accomplished, Ben Clymer, with you Absolutely. know humbling your team, right? Um, th- there, there is a gap, and yes, you are really good. You won a double A title last year, um, pretty easily. I mean, obviously they they wrestled Notre Dame, and that was a close dual meet, but they they dominated in the final. So, and of course, they're even better now than they were last year. So I think you're right. That is a very humbling experience for guys like them when you have as many nationally ranked guys in the roster uh, as Faith Christian does. So some of the key matches, Mitch, that I looked at, obviously you start at 106 with Joey Bachman, uh, Seamus Regan. That, that's a top five matchup, one versus five. I also thought Davis Motika and Cole David Heiser was going to be a close one, which it was. It was a 7-4 decision in both of those. Um, Bachman winning that one in Motika. But the the big matchup that I think a lot of people were hoping to see was Nate Desmond versus Gage Botero. And unfortunately, Gage is is still out with an injury. He'll, he'll be back this season, but he is out uh, currently, um, had to get something taken care of. So we didn't get to see the, the battle of two Pennsylvania State champions now that Desmond is at Wyman Seminary. So that, that changes the whole dynamics of it, right? I mean, you give up, they gave up two forfeits because uh, Arment Walton Ball couldn't get down to 132. So you have a forfeit there. And, you know, they, they had to shuffle some people around. They got all three Wagners um, in the in the lineup, which is, I think, the first time that they were able to do that. Uh, Shane drops a, a close one. And um, Mason, actually, they, they both dropped a, a close one. 4-3, Mason Wagner lost. And 2-1, uh, Shane Wagner lost. So you flip those around, as you said, you get rid of the forfeits. And this is an entirely different match. It absolutely is. I mean, you, you look at the, the three one-point matches um, that Sam won. Um, all of them are, are all of them were winnable matches. You know, Max Stein had it, Anthony Evanitsky on the ropes. You know, mm-hmm. Anthony um, told me about uh, he, he took some kind I, I took some kind of supplement. Um, he said before the match, and it caused him to cramp up for the first two periods of the match. He goes, "Lesson learned. I'm never doing that again." I was like, "Great, yeah, that that's probably uh, a way to go." But he finally stopped cramping in the third period and was able to wrestle like Anthony Evanitsky uh, and, and got some late points to get a win there. But those are three matches that you can look at and say Faith Christian has every opportunity to win those matches. At least two of them they probably should have won, I, I think. And if you 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 take you take nine away from um, Sem, you give nine to, to Faith Christian, the final score looks completely different right. on things here. Um you know, Adam Waters got a 3-1 win. I think he's better than a 3-1 winner over Dom Federici. You know, it, I think this sounds weird because it was a 3-1 match. I think he's a major better, you know, in, in two nationally ranked kids. And he even mentioned he didn't cut his weight right. His conditioning wasn't there. Adam said, he goes, I know it looked like I was stalling in that third period. And he <laughs> probably was a little bit, you know, and, and he knows that and he learned from it. Um, you know, that's 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 a good thing for him. You know, Davis Motika, you, you mentioned he gets a late uh, two and two, I think, in that match to he was losing in that match there at, at 113. You know, how do things flip if if Cole David Heiser knocks off a nationally ranked kid? You know, how does how does the, the mood change there? I don't know. It was it was really good wrestling, Jeff. And for the first night of the year, that was February level wrestling. Right. I mean, we we are uh, spoiled a little bit in Pennsylvania that we can have that, and you can have that so close to your house, which is which is pretty cool. But um, you know, and let's also take into consideration 
that on the Wyoming Seminary lineup, there's three guys that won PIAA titles last year, right? So you can't discount the fact that while, yes, maybe Wyoming Seminary is made up of guys from all over the country, which which they are, um, there's a lot of guys here that are Pennsylvania, you know, bred through and through, and three of them won titles last year in Hershey. So um, just a lot of Pennsylvania flavor here, a lot of excitement around the these two programs, and they're going to see each other again, right? And Faith Christian's going to Ironman for the first time this year. They're going to have a ton of guys looking to get on the, the podium there. Obviously, you have a, a guy like Joey Bachman, who's pound for pound the one of the best guys in the nation. He, he's going to be looking for one. And um, But they had those those middle-tier guys. I really like those those guys and see where they're going to be at. Um, a Max Stein or a Chase Haunts type thing. And um, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun to see them at the, uh, the Ironman tournament. It is. And, and I thought those guys kind of showed themselves very well uh, in this duel meet because those are the guys that I'm most curious about. They're probably, if I'm going to guess, uh, on the edge of, of a national ranking somewhere, you know, if, if they make a run this year in, in Hershey, I think we'd be talking about them in, in, in those kinds of terms, but they're not there yet. So you want to see how they're going to react to um, the, the kids that they wrestle. You know, um, as I look at Vince Buzakis, mm-hmm. uh, wrestles Chase Hans there. It was 9-3 and it was a fight. You know, Vince scored some early points and then it was a two-period fight. Um, after that, Max Stein, like I said, he had Anthony Evanitsky down. Um, that's a match I, I, st- I think Max will tell you he should have won. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and it would have been a great win for him, a huge win for him. Um, so those are the guys I was most interested about. And, and weirdly enough, I walked out of the gym feeling really good about a Cole David Heiser, about Chase Hans, about uh, all the Wagner brothers, about Max Stein. And and I walked out and I had a long walk to my car because there's no parking. And the only thing I could think was, who in double A is going to beat this team? Well, not, I mean, not only who's going to beat them, like who's going to compete with them? McCourt's got studs, but does McCourt have the, the depth to, to compete no. with them. I think, and that's going to no. be the big, big question on it. And, and I agree with you. I don't, I, I don't think they have the depth that, to compete with them on that level. And it's like, they're, they're just loaded, man. And they're young. <laughs> and that's, that's the, the, the fun of it is these are kids who are freshmen and sophomores and maybe a junior in there here and there. And, and they wrestle like they're, they're seventh year seniors. You know, they're just, they're, they're fun to watch. And to answer your question, Mitch, no, no one's going to, I mean, they, I think they would win a title in both classes. They would win a title in double A and triple A. Um, and I don't think it would be close in either one. Um, and that's just, that's just how good they are. And everyone will say, well, they just got blown out by Sam. Well, that's, uh, it's going to be a lot different in February. And it's going to be a lot different with PIAA weights. Um, you didn't have Kale Weidermoyer in the lineup guy who was third in the state last year. Uh, you know, you're going to have some different looks and a, there's going to be a very different lineup um, once Gage Matera comes back and um, it's just, it's going to look differently. So I, I definitely agree with you. I think, you know, when, when they come in they're they're not going to have any issues. And let's also not forget that Wyman Seminary has at least two guys ranked number one nationally, Luke Lillodal and Joe Seeley. And not to mention Drew Carrera from uh, at 215 pounds, who just recently committed to, to Michigan. So, this is just an absolute star-studded team that is going to be the number one team in the nation for probably a lot, you know, for for some time to come. I, I want to make sure that we make make one thing really clear about this match, in that two things can be absolutely true at the same time. And and before we went on air, this is what I was telling you about. 
um, and, and I've talked to Ben Clymer about this, Ben talked about this. Two things can be absolutely true at the same time. Yes, they got their butt handed to them. It was 44 to 12. And, and that's going to help Faith Christian down the road because now they know where the adjustments are that they have to make. They comported themselves really well against a really good team as well. So you can have two truths coming out of this dual meet that, that yes, they got their butt handed to them and there is a gap between one and six. The gap isn't as big as 44 to 12 would suggest though. Like, and that's the one thing I wanted to make clear when I wrote that story that, that those two things coming out of this duel are very much true. That's kind of like been your thing recently. Two things can be right. I mean, cause that's, you just went on a Twitter we, rant about Florida state <sighs> Um, we we live we live in a world of hot takes and absolutes, and and that is the thing that bothers me more. I'm a very logical, rational kind of person. I don't get too high, too low about things, um, and and we live in this world of hot takes and absolutes where this has to be true, so this cannot possibly be true. Two things can be true at once, you know. And I can be, like listen. Yes, I am fat. Yes, I am also handsome. You know, those two things can be true <laughs> at the very same time here. You know, those those are and uh, maybe in my own mind, but that's it. You know, so it's it's OK to say that two things are true at the same time. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It does not have to be mutually exclusive. Bitch, I, I just I, I cannot believe you just said that. That was amazing. That was I mean, and um, I say that all the time. Yes, I have a big nose. Um, you can see I broke it in wrestling crossface. Um, from, from John Hepler, thank you. Uh, but I'm still a, a really good-looking guy, you know. Uh, despite that, so two 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 things can be true. You're right. I, I'm a believer now. Good, good. I'm glad. I, that's all I want. I, all I want is, is is for people to uh, to see that there can be multiple ways. Just ask my wife now that now that I can call her my wife. I, you're uh, right. Now, you know she God she thinks her. I'm the most handsome man in the world, and we have her vision checked regularly. She she does. She is. Um, well, let's let's switch gears because then after you had your long walk back to your car, you got back in your car and you drove to Williamsport to see the Top Hat tournament. Um, and man, I just feel like now I, I wrestled in the Top Hat back when I when I was still competing, and and um, I loved the Top Hat. It was it was a cool tournament. Um, and for a couple years there, I I feel like it maybe lost its mojo, but boy, I think it's back. You know, you bring in teams like Northampton, like Emmaus. Um, and, and I really like this tournament. Um, it, it's, it's a fun tournament and you get to see a lot of double A versus triple A. And, uh, yeah. So I want to hear your thoughts on it, Mitch. So yeah, the, we, we've seen the shift here and I'll tell you why this shift has occurred. Um, and it, and it goes back directly to the rise of the Williams support program and, and what Brian Nazdio did in, in bringing that program back to a place of prominence in, in the state. Um, by showing that they could have success, it allowed him and and uh, Sean McCann, the athletic director, to maybe draw in some bigger teams. And it happened one or two at a time. Um, in the last couple of years, we've seen Northampton, Emmaus, Easton, Hempfield uh, coming from out of District 7. Saucon Valley is always there. Saucon Valley yeah. uh, one wins this thing just about every year, when, um, except for when Central Mountain has a year like year to this year where they, they, they get a team title. And there was a while there where you said it took a step back and it was really a local tournament. It was like kind of a Luzerne County tournament. It was, no, let's yeah. try that again. A Lycoming County tournament. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, and now most of those teams are gone. Even Montoursville wasn't there this year. 
Um, you know, Warrior Run was there for a long time. They're now at the DKI down in Bloomsburg. And it's become more of a state-level tournament. And in the last couple of years, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, it's to the point where you've got to pay attention to the quarterfinals yeah. now. I yeah. mean, those, those aren't gimmies anymore. You're getting great matches, great matchups in the quarterfinals, and it, and it runs all the way through. Now, I thought this year things weren't as deep as they've been in the past, in part because you didn't have an Austin Johnson there. Uh, I think he's still banged up from football. Brock Weiss uh, was not competing um, for Jersey Shore, and Dalton Perry wasn't there for Central Mountain. So we didn't have some of the depth. But you got to the finals, and you had top 10 matchups all over the place in the final. So it was still a really good tournament this year. I mean, it was a phenomenal tournament. And I was at Cumberland Valley streaming that. And, um, you know, I, I basically had two computers open, and I was I, and they were both on track. So I was watching everything that was going on at uh, Cumberland Valley and, and at Williamsport, right? Because, like you said, the, the quarterfinals were very, you know, maybe there were some that were maybe a little lopsided, but for the most part, they were very uh, competitive, right? And once you got into the finals, like you said, basically everybody in that, there was not one person in, in the finals that you're like, eh, they're okay, but they had a weak bracket, right? There was These guys were all studs, right? Um, and, and it started at 107 for me. 107 was the, the weight that I was probably most excited because you had so many unknowns. You had all these freshmen, and we knew how good – like a guy like Carter Chunko was. Uh, I mean, the, the kids won everything. Uh, but how was he going to fare against a, a Noah Fenner who maybe we have less tape on, right? Yeah, he's good, um, but maybe we just don't have as much information. Like Emilio Albanese, he has wrestled in every tournament known to man. So we have a pretty good understanding. He was at the surge. We got to see him there. Um, but this weight started out crazy because you had Nico Capusta too. He barely gets into the the semifinals. So, um, and then he gets upset by a, a freshman from Easton, Noah Fenner. So, w- let's start at 107, Mitch. And what were the takeaways for you? Because for me, it was three really, really tough freshmen from District 11 that are going to see each other for many years to come. Yeah, my, I I thought it was Nico Capusta's bracket to lose, um, just because you don't you know you don't know how the the freshmen in their first action are gonna. Um, feel in a setting like this it's unfamiliar um, you know Nico being a sophomore he's been through the ringer a little bit and he understands what things are all about but he got a dogfight in the quarterfinals uh, against uh, Gavin Heverly from Central Mountain and then he gets a tough kid in, in Noah Fenner from Easton in, in, in the semifinals and you know my thoughts were okay these freshmen are really stinking good you know so so Fenner goes out and beats Nico Capusta that's great. Now, now it's his tournament to lose. Okay, and now you get Emilio Albanese. He gets a 3-2 win over Carter Chunko, who I knew was going to be really good coming into that. And it's like, you know, throw him in a hat. Maybe it changes three or four different times. Uh, all I know is these are, this is a group of freshmen that would made the, the tournament fun. I never know what you're going to get from these freshman lightweights when you come into this tournament. Um, and they just surprised me in, in that nobody was nervous. Um, nobody looked like they were out of place. Like everybody, I think it just because everybody wrestles so much anymore in, in venues much bigger than the, yeah. the, the magic dome in Williamsport that they're used to this kind of stuff already. They're ready for it. And, um, you can, you can see it in the way these kids interview now in, in the interviews that I have posted there on the PA power wrestling, uh, Rockfin page. Um, they're so comfortable and so confident in themselves, you know, so you, you get a great product on the mat and, I seriously think you could throw these guys in a hat 
um, and get different results every week if you wrestled these, these same four guys that were in the semifinals. Um, but for this one, Emilio Alvin, he, I mean, he stood out because he won it. Yeah. And, and, and he won in the finals convincingly, um, getting some early takedowns. Like, he made it happen. Um, super impressed with him. Super impressed with Noah Fenner to get that win that he got in the semifinals. Super impressed with Carter Chunko going out early and throwing up big points and getting some falls. Super impressed with Gavin Heverly, um, you know, just to push Nico Capusta. And super impressed with Nico Capusta to come back and finish fifth because that can be, you know, that can be daunting and debilitating. And your first tournament of the year where you expect to win and you take a couple losses, that can be really tough. But to win that last match is is big. I, and, and when I first saw the brackets, Mitch, I, I thought it was Carter Chunko. I, I thought he was going to win it. Um, and, you know, uh, just how the, the, the chips fell, right? Um, he comes back to take third, but he has Nico Capusta, who was, was fifth. So, like, you have a guy who's ranked top five in the state coming into this tournament. Um, and, and, you know, as a freshman, look, all, all these freshmen, they dominated their way into the semifinals. Tech fall for Fenner. Tech fall for uh, Albanese and a fall for Chunko. So these guys were really separating themselves. I want to take notice. Did you notice the two Connellsville kids, Tommy Gretz um, and Nolan Rice? And if you look on track, uh, Nolan Rice was not the starter. Tommy Gretz was. He was the one getting the the team points. Nolan Rice comes back and takes fourth. So and he actually beat Capusta in sudden victory in the the Conci semifinal. So. For me, I was looking at this or was it from a team standpoint is, hey, how good is a console? How good is a Central Mountain? Uh, how good is an Easton? How good is a Northampton? And, you know, it's a good problem for Bill Swing to have when you have two two solid freshmen that are banging heads and, you know, you, you just try to figure out who's who's ready to go. Nolan Rice, I think, proved that, that he should probably be the guy after finishing um, in the top four of the top hat. Absolutely. Um, and, and as a coach, I don't know if you're happy or or frustrated to see those kinds of results. I mean, does that help you just sort things out as a coach and um, getting your lineup put together or how do you weigh that? You know, and, and you know, that that that'd be a great question to ask here on Monday. Um, you know, how do you weight those results um, versus maybe what you expected going in into the season? So you had mentioned about the the freshman from Northampton. They don't stop at 107, right? Um, and we had another champion from District 11 and also a freshman uh, at 114 pounds, Gabe Ballard. Uh, he was impressive because he didn't just win it. He beat a returning state medalist in Nick Salamone from Easton, a battle of two guys that are going to see each other probably, I would say, at least four more times this year, at the minimum four times, dual meet, and then a bunch of tournaments, including the, the postseason. So uh, Ballard comes away with this one, 8-6. Uh, Mitch, reaction from you, and uh, you had a really good interview posted with with Gabe afterwards. What, what were your uh, your thoughts on 114? Number one, day two of the season, I get a good splatal. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for a good splatal. Um, and, and Gabe Ballard gives us one in the second period there. And that's where he kind of took control of this thing. You know, it's an 8-6 match. But it felt like a, an 8-6 match in, in which he was contr- in control of for the most part. I think he broke out to uh, a little bit of a lead. That, that splatle there may have made it 5 nothing. Um, uh, 
and then then you know Nick gets the reversal five two and it plays out like it does. Um, but Gabe was really in control of that match, and um, I'm I'm always curious just to see how guys are going to react, um, especially as a uh, as as a freshman when they get in that situation against a kid who's been through the grind, who's been through the ringer, has been on the podium in Hershey. Uh, and, and like I said, he just didn't back down. I mean, he was as confident as could be in, in going out there and just going to work. And uh, it probably has everything to do with all the work, all the hours, all the matches these guys put in from, um, you know, April until November. Uh, but it, he was just so comfortable in, in what he was doing. And it was just a, a really impressive performance. I, I was... Uh, curious about Isaiah Shickley from Halifax. He was on our true power card um, and he, uh, he wrestled well there. He, he lost to Reef Dillard, but it was a, a really good match there. Um, he beats a very tough freshman from Titusville, Isaiah Roberts, Isaiah Roberts, four, uh, three. And then he pins the second seed Landon Lynn from Connellsville, but then gets injured against Ballard and has to, to forfeit out. Um, I'm not sure how bad he's injured, um, but I, I certainly hope he is is able to get back because he was one I had circled. Like, yeah, we gotta we gotta see where he's at, and he upset the number the the second seed here. So um, impressed by him uh, and Ballard, like you said, he he looked veteran like in that match, and he probably you know has been in those types of matches his whole life. So I agree with what you said earlier at 107, as these guys have been in much bigger venues with with uh, hundreds of matches a year um in big time events so this is not anything new to them no it's it's really not and that's how they competed and um you know there there are certain guys when they come in you kind of expect that from joey bachman as we talked about earlier he's been everywhere i mean he's the number one kid in the country i expect him to be comfortable and confident coming in and and you know not shying away from the number five guy in the country uh like he did for faith christian and I, I, I just keep saying it again and again. I'd never know what to expect from these guys. You don't know who's a deer in the headlights. I've, I've been through enough district four guys that have come into the, uh, the top hat that have been, um, you know, highly touted coming out of junior high and they go out and finish seventh or don't even place yeah. at, at the top hat. Cause it's, it's an entirely different ball game. And when you see these kids come through and they're like, yeah, this is, this is mine to take. And, and they know they're going to win it. That's fun to watch. It's almost like there's no question in their minds. Like this is no. what's going to happen, right? Um, but you're right. You just never, you never know that jump from junior high youth to to high school. It's, it, you know, it, some people thrive in it, some people don't. We've seen that over the years where a kid's really, really good in in the youth ranks and just doesn't pan out, right? Um, so I think these two freshmen back to back are. are big examples of that, but it doesn't stop there, right? It goes on to 121 where we have a really, probably one of the best freshmen in the state, um, no doubt. And that's Brock Rothermel from Line Mountain. He wins the title here. And this bracket kind of got busted on the top half because your your top seed was, was cash deal from Clearfield and Zach Franks from Connellsville, a tough sophomore, but a guy who definitely took his lumps last year. He comes out and beats, um, 
he beat Cash Deal by fall to get into the final. So the top half kind of fell apart a little bit. That was after Deal beat uh, Hill from Muncie. But then you had Bradley Wagner as well um, on the bottom half, who was another very tough freshman. And Rothermel beat him 5-2 before getting that major in the final. So it's almost like that semifinal between Rothermel and Wagner. Wagner did come back to take third was was the finals. Um, I know you've seen Brock a number of times, Mitch, so – what was your takeaway watching him kind of dominate his way to a title? He's yeah, I love the pace. I love guys that keep a high pace. Um, and that's him. You know, he's constantly go, go, go. So I see that five two match with with Bradley Wagner um there in the semifinals, and it was a little surprising that it was only five to two. And I figure these are two kids that have probably run into each other uh, along the junior high circuit once or twice before. And uh, there's probably a good chance they're gonna run into each other here again this year at, at, at some point, you know, so maybe it's two guys who know each other really well, um, you know, and, and just a good match in there uh, in the finals. He's allowed there. He's able to just open up uh, a little bit, a little bit more than he was able to uh, in the semifinals Four takedowns in the first period uh, for Brock Rothermel and just, you know, never let his foot off the gas. And, um, you know, I, you, you look at him um, in the, the video of the interview we did, and he looks like a kid who went through a, a 12-round title fight with Rocky Balboa. <laughs> um, you know, he's got the nose plug in and looks like a little black guy and a couple cuts on his nose. And I was like, what did the, the guy you beat look like? I'm like, good Lord, man. You know, but he, he's such a – I think it's a little down year in District 4 this year in terms of the freshmen coming in that we've seen some really high-level freshmen over the last couple of years. But, but Brock Rothermel is kind of the cream of the crop of that freshman class. Uh, in in district four and 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 he showed it he he showed it really well yeah i mean i would i would say he definitely showed it um and i i know what you're saying about his pace he has a really good pace um i i like the way he wrestles he's been on our true power card the last two years um has has yet to find a win lost to to sidon from from norwin and then lost to matt o'neill this year but um uh, another freshman made the finals up at 127, Mitch, and that was Aiden Kunis of of Central Mountain. He had uh, a really good tournament, but this was one where I had circled Cole Campbell because if you remember Cole Campbell when he was at Becca as a freshman, he was a state finalist, right? He doesn't wrestle last year. He wrestles only a little bit in the beginning of the year. Um, he actually wrestled in our tournament, the Surge, and then he he doesn't wrestle the rest of the year. Goes back to Palisades. He gets injured in that semifinal match, but I was really looking forward to seeing him back on the mat, and uh, we're, we're hoping to see him back soon. Yeah, and uh, he was up 4-2 in that semifinal match with Aiden Coons there. Um, I didn't see what happened, um, so I'm, I'm not really entirely sure what happened there, but that was a matchup I was looking forward to. Um, again, a, a freshman against a veteran guy who's been in a, in a high-level room uh, at, a, at a high-level pace, and um, I think Campbell was up four to two at the time of the injury there, but, but it was a good showing. It was a really good showing for Maiden Coons. Uh, he loses in the final six, one to Aiden Grog, uh, who's a, a veteran guy who was on the podium, I think last year, um, down in Hershey, you know, so it's a good tournament for Aiden Coons, a good, get your feet wet kind of tournament. And at this point, I think he knows what he's capable of, um, you know, and he, he showed it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I would say uh, Biff Weiler is excited and happy with what he he saw out of him because Grog is, like you said, he's he's one of the best in in District Eleven. He's a, a guy that's been on the the scene for for quite a while. Uh, he was sixth in the state last year for Saucon Valley. So um, 
yeah, he, he's, he's a tough kid, but yeah, I, I would think for, for Coons, this is a good stepping stone for him. Um, and you know, he's going to be an integral part to that central mountain lineup, right? His, their success very much depends on, on how good he's going to be this year as a dual team. Absolutely. They, they've got some spots in that lineup, um, where they're, they're comfortable, but I think it's still a little bit of a wait and see to see kind of what they're going to get, uh, out of those spots. Gavin Heverly is a great, great example of that. You know, what are you going to get from this kid? Well, he goes out and puts together a pretty good tournament in his first tournament. So that's a kid you're going to be comfortable with moving forward. You know, they're going to have to find points from someone other than Luke Simcox and someone other than Dalton Perry moving forward. Um, and, and I think they've got that. I think they've got really good balance in the lineup. But if you can get some bonus here and there for Maiden Coons in those high-level matches, that's going to be a, a huge plus for for Biff and that, that team. So if we go up to 133 pounds, we have still yet to have a number one seed win the tournament. So the, the lesson here is don't be ranked, don't be seeded number one and, and you're good to go because Trey Wagner from Northampton, uh, a sophomore who was a state qualifier last year, comes away with a win, beats Dean Hauser, a two-time state medalist from Daniel Boone, beats him in the finals 8-2. Hauser had a hell of a match in the semifinals with Kai Velma from uh, Connellsville, uh, another freshman who's probably going to be one of the best in the state uh, when it's all said and done. But that was a, a really good match. And Wagner had to survive a fellow District 11 wrestler, Chris Kelly from Easton. And that was a 3-2 match. So some really good semifinals here. But Wagner ends up taking it 8-2. So I think it's a really big win for the sophomore over a, a guy like Dean Hauser. Absolutely. Especially when you look at uh, these two wrestled twice last year. They wrestled once at the top hat. Um, and that was a match that that Dean Hauser won, or, or excuse me, Trey Wagner won 14 to one. And then they saw each other again at the state tournament and Dean Hauser wins four to two. So, you know, would the real result kind of stand up? And and I think this was an opportunity for Trey to kind of say, well, you know, I feel like the, what happened at States wasn't the best uh, example of who I am as a wrestler. And, and, and he put it together. I mean, it, it was a really impressive performance there uh, uh, against a, a two-time state place winner. I believe Dean's, Committed to Lock Haven, is that he right? Is. Off yep. the top Him of and my Tucker head. Hogan. Yep. Yeah. So he got a uh, uh, a takedown early in the match. I want to say it was in, within the first ten seconds of the match, and it felt like that kind of set a tone. Um, then he gets escape, takedown, three back points in in the second period, and and it was just it was just a really complete quality performance from Trey Wagner um, that I think he kind of expects out of himself. And really, when I look at this bracket, um, one of the things that stands out to me is uh, Kai Vielma from Collinsville coming back for third, right? Because he beats Kelly. He gives Hauser all he can handle, right? He gets two falls into the semifinals and then comes back, um, beats Luke Morley from, from Conestoga Valley, and then he beats uh, Kelly 5-3 to take third. So I think this is a really good uh, stepping stone for him as well because much like we talk about with Aiden Coons, success of Collinsville as a dual team is going to very much be, um, you know, conditional on, on how good Kai Vielma is going to be. Absolutely. I thought Connellsville showed really well in the entire tournament um, with a group that I'm a little unfamiliar with um, just because of their location. I don't see them a whole lot, um, you know, but it, it, I know the reputation of that program as well. So when those kids get on the mat, I know what they're capable of, but it's still fun to see it. Like it's, it's actually fun to see it happen. And when you have a young kid 
like that that we've been talking about here for the first five weight classes. It's it's interesting to see how they're going to react in these situations. And if that kid doesn't come out of here with a whole lot of confidence, I don't know what's going to help him build it up, you know, because it was a really, really good performance. So finally we get a top seed who ends up uh, getting the championship, and that's Ben Fennell from, from Easton who comes away with a title at 139 pounds. And this is a guy and your buddy, one of our fellow horsemen, Tom Hausnick, uh, had a, a chance to write a pretty cool little write-up on him in the, the Easton preview about how it's his time, right? He is He's looking to make that jump, and he talked about wrestling at the surge against Mason Gibson, um, and, and he's – He's blocked in, right? And uh, I thought he looked good. It wasn't the deepest of weight classes. I mean, when we talked about some of the other ones that we saw, but he did wrestle uh, a very tough Saucon Valley Junior, much like Aiden Grog and Hector Mateo. Um, and that was a, a good 5-3 match. So I, I think for, for Fenella, uh, this is this is a good jumping off point for him in the season. And shout out to, to Easton. Jody Karam has got these guys wrestling – you know, I, Mark Bill always says, "I'll kick your coverage." You know, if you if you sees that you're married to somebody much better looking than you, he says, "Boy, you really outkick your coverage." I think Easton's outkicking their coverage right now because they they have some studs, but they have some other guys that are just competing at at you know I, I think better than what they probably should have on paper. So I, I was impressed with Easton overall, but yeah, Fanella he uh, he gets the win here. Yeah, and and he saw something in the second period of that that finals match with Hector Mateo, I think with about uh, maybe a half a minute to go in the second period, he forced a stalling call on Hector Mateo. And uh, at that point, I think it was a two, two match. Um, Hector was going to get choice in, in the, uh, the third period he took bottom and, and uh, Ben let him up right away. Uh, but he saw he could push the pace and, and he went after it. He pushed the pace there. He forced another stalling call to get a point and then secured the win with a takedown. Um, so he, he saw the situation as it was in front of him. And this is a veteran guy who's been around a long time. So he took advantage of the situation as it was, you know, so it was five, three, but he had to work and he had to push the pace. And, and I truly do believe that just getting on the podium in Hershey last year for Ben Finelli is going to be a huge weight off his shoulders to just go let it fly. Now, yeah. um, you, you have that in your back pocket to say, I'm a state place winner at Easton high school in our great history. I'm a state place winner in Pennsylvania. I can just go wrestle now. And and I'm really curious to see how he jumps this year and, and what kind of uh, improvements he can make this year. Cause he looked like a kid who was, was wrestling comfortably and, and was just letting it go. Yeah. I, I noticed that at the surge when he wrestled at the surge, I, I thought he looked a little bit more free, a little bit more open and, and um, you know, he had a good tournament there, but yeah, I th- I think he he kind of in, you know enjoys that challenge, right? I think he he relishes that challenge, and I think he knows those these are opportunities that that he needs needs to take, right? So um, I think him getting that win there uh, at the the King of the, or excuse me, the I almost said King of the Mountain, the Top Hat tournament, King of the Mountain's coming up soon, Mitch. Don't you worry. But I think that's a good start to his season, right? Um, so I I'm excited to see where this Easton team goes, and and you know how far they can take it considering district 11. I, I think there's a little bit more openness to it this year than there has been in the last like 10 years. So uh, let's jump up to 145 pounds where Luke Simcox state champion last year from central Mountain, committed to Penn. 
He is uh, was the top seed. He came away with an eight nothing major. Was never really tested. Two falls in the semifinals, a major in the semifinals, and the major in the finals. So kind of business as usual for Luke Simcox, and and I do expect he'll be down at 139 um, in, in the coming weeks here. And Dalton Perry, when he is healthy, he'll likely slot in at, at 133, 135, um, depending on where his weight's at. So. Biff Walliser again has a good problem on his hands. He has a lot of tough guys in uh, in several different weights here. But Luke Simcox looked very very good. Evan Petrovich from Collinsville was my takeaway because he beat uh, Eli Long from Central York, who is a returning state medalist. He was a second seed. Uh, Petrovich was the third seed. But Petrovich beat him five nothing. And then, you know, he yeah he didn't score a point on Luke Simcox, but he. He got to the finals there, and, and I think that's a, a really good step for him considering he's never made it to the state tournament for, for Connellsville. Yeah, but you, you look back at at Evan's results from last year, and he's kind of right there. He, he just hasn't, hasn't quite had that breakthrough. Like, he's got right. a one nothing loss on his ledger to Trey Wagner um, last year. I think there was a one-point loss to Aaron Cement uh, in there as well. You know, So there's a one-point loss to Vinny Kilcary. You know, yeah, that's pretty good. I, I remember you know? that match, yeah. Yeah, you know, so, like, he's been right there and just waiting to bust on through, you know. So it was good to see him kind of take that next step, get a big win there uh, over Eli Long uh, in in the uh, the semifinals. But, you know, I'm, I'm always curious with a kid like Luke Simcox, who I don't want to call him a surprise state champ last year because we knew how good he was. Um, but, but it... <laughs> I don't know how many people would have predicted him to win that bracket last year at the state tournament. And he did. So how's he going to react now going into every tournament as not just Luke Simcox, but state champion Luke Simcox? How's he going to take everybody's best shot? You know, so for the first weekend, it turned out pretty well. Fall in 53 seconds, fall in 102, 12-1 major over a quality kid in Nolan Bomber, an 8 nothing major decision over another quality kid in the finals. I think he he won't tell you that he's confident in who he is and and what he thinks he's capable of on the mat. I think he just shows it by the way he wrestles. I, I can't believe you have the balls to say that you didn't that you Luke Simcox was a surprise state finalist. I, I can't wait till he sees you next time and just comes up and punches you square in the face. That's uh, fair. If you know, if I had, a, I mean, if, come on, he's Luke Simcox. Who should punch me in the nose? Then I get it. I mean. Yeah, was it a was it a loaded weight class? Sure, and and um, but you know Luke was, uh, he's a he's a pretty good wrestler, right? So, uh, but I agree with you what you said about him. It, yes, there was a lot of questions considering his two previous uh, performances at the state tournament, where he has had some, you know, some issues at the Giant Center up until last year, right? He finished fifth uh, in two years, where I think, quite frankly, he could have been top three both those years, right? So. I, I can understand it from that perspective, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I think he's confident and he may not say it, but he does show it. Um, there's no doubt about that. Well, Hey, I mean, Jeff, let's look at the, the rankings, the, the first set of state rankings that, that came there out this we go. year, uh-huh, you know? Uh-huh. So, so that's why that it's, it's stuff like that. So yeah, I, yes, know, I know he's a state champion, but he's not like the hands down number one kid in his weight class. I got you. Uh, yeah. Because of, there's a, a Pearson Manville there you know and and that's 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 fair that is a fair way to rank it so but all i'm just trying to say is that there might still be a little something for him to prove in his mind to everybody else this year 
that's I, I, maybe you're back for your backpedaling, Mick. Mitch, you're backpedaling because you don't want to get punched at King of Mountain. I get it. I, I don't want Luke Simcox to beat me up either. Okay, <laughs> I, I I get it. Uh, but then again, he could probably punch me in the face too because. Although that not I I mean I stand by my rankings him being number three in the state because you have a super thirty two champion in Maddox Shaw and you have Pearson Manville um, probably the number one guy in the nation right he won at Flows who's number one so um, yeah I guess I, I guess get I can it. get I get it no no and and your justification is fine like I, there's there's nothing wrong with that but I, all I'm saying is maybe there's still a little something more left for him to prove. for him to prove. I, yeah, that's it. I like that's, that. that's all, and I think that, that I think that that's a fair assessment. Yeah, and if if not, then I'll go ahead and punch me in the nose. What do I care? Yeah, I mean you're you're really handsome, yeah. and just like me, yeah, I'm really with a broken big nose. You're still gonna be handsome, so it's it's fine. You're you're and you're I'm already, already married. married. I'm I'm you're, already married. I don't have there, to. You go said out it. You're already it. married. Yeah. All right. So. Signed on the paper. Um, one fifty two, and uh, this was this was a good comeback for Mason Barvitsky of Southern Columbia a guy who's battled some injuries and kind of, I feel like a lot of the Southern Columbia guys have battled injury. I think back to like Wes Barnes, like the kid had like two arms and, and, you know, uh, both of them were completely torn up, right. Uh, legs all torn up. And I don't know if it's because of football or what, but, um, Barvitsky comes out and has uh, a really good performance. I thought he, he pinned Hammerstone in the semifinals from Easton, but then he beat Griffin Walliser from central mountain and uh, that's an avenging uh, – that's a loss that he had to him last year. So that's a big-time win for Borovitsky, uh to, to come away with a title. I would trade my world for Mason Barvitsky to just get one healthy season just to see what he can do. Uh, I don't know that he's ever been fully healthy at the state tournament, uh, maybe outside of his freshman season. Uh, and, and I just want to see this kid hit his peak because, A, he's a great kid, super, yeah. super great kid to deal with. And, and and I know what level of talent is in there. And and I, I would say this about any kid that in the state who's battled injuries, I just want to see you healthy for one full season to see what that looks like. And it was a great start for Mason. And I think he's really happy. He had the offseason knee injury that, that he, he fought through, but he looks good. Like he, he's moving really good. There's a quickness to him that we've seen in the past and maybe haven't always seen the last couple of years. So I just want to see this kid healthy for three months just to see what it looks like. I mean, because we know how good he is, right? He's, he's head of the army. He's all he's done is win, uh, you know, state medals. Right. So I agree the, the healthier he can be the danger, you know, the more dangerous he's going to be. And I, I think you're right. Um, for Griffin Wallizer, you know, yet he beats Wyatt Dillon, uh, which Griffin Walliser is mad at me right now anyways. So uh, he's going to punch me next time he sees me probably anyways because I ranked him below Eli Carr, who he has head-to-head wins over Eli Carr. Uh, for Griffin, you know, he beats Wyatt Dillon, who's who's a very tough state qualifier. Uh, but, you know, he has a chance to to get some revenge too. Uh, I think these guys are going to see each other again. 152 outside of those top two guys was kind of goofy because you had a guy from Easton – who has really no – I mean, he has some credentials, but not a whole lot. And that's Quentin Hammerstone from Easton. He had uh, he came into this. He beat Cole Hubert from, from, from Saucon Valley, who's a two-time state medalist. Yeah, he's up a bunch of weights, but he beat him in overtime 10-5, right? That was a huge win for him. But he doesn't stop there. He comes back in the Constellations, and he beats Wyatt Dillon, 
um, in order to get to the, the third-place match, and he beats him 9-1. That's after beating Ty Avini from Clearfield, who's not too shabby either. So, I mean, if you were going to tell me at the beginning of the year that Cole Hubert was going to be up at 152 and that Quentin Hammerstone was going to finish third in this weight class, I would have said you're crazy, right? Um, but, again, much like I said earlier, outkicking his coverage, these Easton guys, man, just because they don't have a lot of wins on their resume or a lot of, you know, titles, these guys, I, I wouldn't look past them. There's, um, uh, how to describe it. There's a certain edge about them. Um, and, and I use kind of that term a lot to describe Denny Harris teams. Whenever they wrestle, there's, there's an edge about them that they're, um, physical. They're, they're ready to go. Like they're ready for a fight almost. And I saw that a little bit from Easton this weekend. And, and like I talked with Tom Housnick about, it's like this, this screams of a program that's taking small steps, but significant steps. Um, they may not get back to the Easton that we used to know from 20, 25 years ago and plus, but they're getting themselves back into that district 11 discussion and wrestling's better when Easton's really good. And, and, yeah. and, and I think they're getting there. I, I do too. I, I think, I mean, Jody Karam and, and his staff, you know, Corey Keener and, uh, you know, th- those guys have been doing a really good job of, of brand building. Right. And, and just doing a lot of things from, you know, behind the scenes. Right. And uh, a guy like Quentin Hammerstone, who was six in the district last year came in, you know, he was 20 and 13 last year, which granted considering their schedule is, is really good for him to come in and take third at this weight. That, that's, that's really impressive for me. Uh, I was, I was very impressed with, with his performance and, and, and Cole Hubert, I think for him, um, you know, this is an opportunity for him to get an idea of what it's like wrestling 152 pounds because, you know, he's, he's coming up, I think four weight classes from last year. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what he does and, and, you know, where he, he ends up in his weight, uh, descent because, you know, that, that's, that's a lot of weight. It is. And that's where you start getting into, um, uh, kind of the man weight classes a, a little bit, you know, guys who have physically matured a little bit. It's a different kind of strength. It's a different kind of, um, style wrestling up there. Um, so it's, it's, it, it might take some time to get used to those kinds of things and, and what it's going to take for you to win, you know, but, um, you know, that's, that's not a bad tournament for him to, to, to come through that way. And even taking a couple losses, he's going to learn from it. He's going to be better for it. I mean, talk about jumping in weight, Brady Collins, uh, up to 160 pounds. He was 139 pounds last year, 126 a year before that. Brady Collins is, he, he got pretty big, right? Uh, this is a guy who last year was fourth in the state in, in Dubway. Uh, it was Clearfield's first time in Dubway. He comes out and gets the title here at the, the top hat tournament. He beats, Kai Vielma's older brother, Lonzi, he beats him in the finals 3-1. That was a good weight because you had Carter Davis as well from Central York, a guy who I've always been really high on. You had Jesse Scott from Emmaus in there. Um, and, you know, I, I thought for Brady Collins to come out, again, up almost 30 pounds uh, and get a win over some very quality wrestlers, that, that was an important thing for him. So, so let me tell you about a conversation and a thought process I've been having for 15 years. In, in my head, Jeff, and, and I promise there's a reason that I say this about, as we're talking about Brady Collins, I find that, and, and this is from my conversations with college coaches, Pennsylvania kids think to get better, they got to cut more weight and, and go lighter. And where college ki- coaches want you to get bigger, get as big as you can, 
settle into your weight class. I say all of that because I asked Brady Collins about, you know, how'd you feel this weekend? And he goes, you know, I came out of football and I didn't want to cut weight. So I said, well, I'm just going to go 160, you know? And he goes, this is the best I've ever felt on a wrestling mat. And it's like, yeah, that, that'll, that'll do that for you. If you're, if you're just comfortable and, and you're able to eat and you're not cutting a ton of weight, like that's, I, I hope that's a lesson for some people that you don't always have to cut weight to, I mean, for some people it's the right move to make, but you don't always have to do that to feel really good and to be successful. And, and I think Brady probably surprised himself. Um, I don't know that he knew what to expect coming in at 160, but he showed that it worked out pretty well for him. And, and maybe he's found a good home where he can stay happy and um, it not have it be a miserable season of cutting weight. Yeah, I mean, and look, Brady's always been good. Brady's, I mean, you don't finish fourth in the state uh, and, and you're not good, right? He's, he's always had the skill set, right? Um, but I think with him going up to a weight that's comfortable for him because there is, I mean, there is a, it's not like, you know, 121 and, and 127 and, and the jumps there. It's, there's, there's a significant jump between 160, 172. And, you know, if you're kind of like 165, you're like, all right, I'm just going to cut down. I get that. Mm -hmm. But uh, for Brady, I mean, this is, and, and, you know, I talked to him earlier this year because we were going to try to get him on the true power card and he, he was still playing football. Right. And, and I thought when he said what he's weighing, I was like, geez, like, that's huge. Like, I, don't, I mean, I'm surprised that he was able to get there. Um, but you know, he's, he's, he's always been tough. So I'm excited. I love when guys jump up a bunch of weights because you see that little kid that was winning titles at like 114 to now going up to 145, 152. And, and they're not that little kid anymore. Right. And, and the skills are still there that you just see him come out in different ways. So I, I like it when guys bump up in weights, you know? So, um, yeah, Brady Collins, I think the the move paid off for him. You go up to 172, and Brian Chamberlain, he was the only kid at, from the Phelps School. In fact, I think he's the only kid on the roster at the Phelps School uh, currently. He's he's formerly of Malvern Prep. He's a, as a Pennsylvania native. He went to Malvern Prep last year as a freshman. He's now at the Phelps School as a, as a sophomore. And uh, he gets in as one of those, you know, like, you know, you don't have to bring your team because you don't have one, so you can just enter. Uh, he was dominant, right? He got two tech falls, a major decision. Uh, and then in the finals, he beat uh, Jacob Weaver from Central Mountain, who's a very solid wrestler for Biff Walliser, not a standout guy, but a guy who's just consistent. He'll get you, he'll be, you know, over 500 and he'll get you 25 wins in a season. So um, Jacob Weaver, I thought, had a good tournament considering he beat Denny uh, Halbert from Palisades, who I think is is really good. So, uh, Weaver had a good tournament, but Chamberlain, you know, kind of blazing his own path now that he's at the Phelps school. Yeah. And I, I I'm hoping to write about Brian here over the next week or so. Um, you know, it's the longest interview I did from, from Saturday's tournament. And when I got the notice back in October of the teams coming to the top hat and the Phelps school was on there, I said, where the hell's the Phelps school? <laughs> like, where, I've, I've never heard of the Phelps school. So I went looking and they haven't had a wrestling team in like five or six years. Yeah, it's it's probably been about that long. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so he comes, you know, he wins the tournament. Brian wins the tournament on Saturday, and as we're walking over to where I had my camera set up, I said, "Are you the only wrestler on the team?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah, the only wrestler on the team." He's the school helped find some tournaments to get into. Um, that's kind of how we ended up here, and I'll be chasing tournaments. Um, but but he was a prep state champ last year, I believe. Yeah, he was uh, yep. at Malvern. You know, it's it, this 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 kid who's had some success. 
Uh, he chose to leave that program, and um, I think he goes to, to Chance Marsteller's club. Uh, he's, he's a consistent uh, visitor there to, to work out with them. So he's getting a high level of work. He's searching out a high level of competition. The kid can wrestle. Um, you know, he built like Rick has to, um, you know, and he, he wrestles really well. And um, it, it was fun to watch a kid that you don't know a whole lot about um, just kind of put it together for you. And it's a good story, you know, and guys training on his own. He said it's real difficult to go to a tournament. You don't have kind of that team in the corner cheering you on. You know, you don't you don't have those people other than your dad and your coach to talk to throughout the course of the day. He knew one guy in his bracket and didn't get to wrestle that guy. Um, so everybody was new to him, you know, so it, it was a neat story coming out of the tournament. Yeah, it, it is kind of neat. And, uh, you know, Brian, like you said, I mean, he's, he's, he's tough, right? He has a, another brother who's actually still at Malvern, but, um, you know, he, like you said, he won a, a prep state title, um, has wrestled really well in his career, but it was just an odd, you know, it's just, it's a unique thing. Right. And I think you said that it's a, it's a unique, uh, experience for, for a guy who doesn't really have any other teammates to, to kind of be in his corner. Um, let's go up to 189 pounds where Tucker Hogan had to have been pound for pound, the best wrestler here. Right. I mean, just based on the results, I mean, just rolled through the weight class. Did he win OW? Was there an OW? Yeah, he was the outstanding wrestler and, and for good reason. I mean, he just rolled through through the whole tournament. And I've, I've gotten, you know, I've talked to, to Tucker quite a bit uh, over the last year or so. Um, and, and he, he takes this tournament very seriously because they don't get a whole lot of high level tournaments that they get to go to. They don't get to go to the power aid. They don't get to go to the beast or, or things like that, you know, so it's important for him to take advantage of these, these opportunities. And, and uh, you know, there was, there was nobody on his level, you know, telling, uh, some other people. He's probably as good a recruit as Lock Haven's brought in since they brought in Chance Marsteller, um, you know, a few years ago, uh, more than a few years ago now. Um, but but he's just he's so stinking strong. Uh, he doesn't look like like he's not built necessarily like that, but his grip strength is so strong. He's so stinking strong. He's long. Uh, he's just a problem. He you has know, a problem. And that's it's kind of the best way to describe him. He's a problem for people. He's really tough on top. I mean, and and I can remember him in eighth grade wrestling at the surge. Um, and he beat I think it was it might have been Dom Falcone from Easton as an eighth grader, beat a senior, and I was like, Jesus, like this guy is you know, and, and the one thing I've noticed over the years is like you said, that grip strength and he picks top, you know, mm-hmm. because he just he just wraps his arm around you four times, right? Um yeah, and there was, I mean, it was a it was a decent weight, but there was no one that was close to him. You know, um, you had you had Jared Roan who who from Saucon Valley who finished second, um, and uh, yeah, I, I thought you're right, Tucker Hogan, Lock Haven. That's that's a huge get for them, um, for for the Bald Eagle. So uh, let's go up to 215 pounds, Mitch, where we saw another Serafini. This one's Rocco Serafini. I, I famously said on a podcast last year that they they were they bred like rabbits um, because I feel like every year there's like two or three of them but Rocco Serafini who was state qualifier last year he comes away with a title and and boy he looks good he beat Carter Chamberlain from Clearfield who's a state medalist and uh, he comes away with a fall a fall both those falls were under 35 seconds and then a major and then another major in the final so Serafini again very uh, an integral part to that that lineup to see how good Central Mountain's going to be 
Yeah, and, and he's another one of those guys in that Central Mountain lineup. You know, he's he was at the state tournament last year, so it's not a surprise that, that he's able to wrestle, but he's just been one of those solid guys, round 500 that you can count on in the lineup, and he took a big step forward last year. He won 36 matches, and I think one of the first questions I asked for him is, like, what happened? Like, how, how did you take this big jump? And he said it's all about finally being into a weight class that fits him right. You know, he fits 215 really well. And and it, it feels like he can wrestle with the style that he wants to. He can really utilize his strength. He's probably not gotten a whole lot of weight to get there to 215, and, and it showed. I mean, it was a really impressive performance. Carter Chamberlain from Clearfield's really good. Like, that, that that's, a, that's a really good kid that he beat by major decision um, in the finals. I thought it was a, just a, an eye-opening kind of performance for Rocco Serafini. How about who finished third here, Mitch? I mean, this this goes right into my you know what I've been saying all all episode here, and that's about, about Easton outkicking their coverage. You have a sophomore, Curtis Crossman from from Easton, who loses his first after he wins the opening round. He loses uh, to Cook from Connellsville, comes back, wins I think four four or five straight to finish in third place. I mean, and and he avenges that loss to Cook. He beats him three one uh, in order to finish third. So again, just that amazing fighter mentality that that you know just never give up mentality for for Easton, and it shows these guys that are you know he could have easily went one and two, and like nothing, not there would have been nothing you know okay, like that's kind of what is expected of you. He comes back to take third, and and that's just I, I think it goes again to show how prepared these Easton wrestlers are. Yeah, and they, they finished third in the team standings, I think, and, and they don't get there without a, a performance quite like that because it's not just that Curtis Crossman finished third. It's how he got there. You know, right. fall in 325, major decision, fall, fall, decision, decision when you're you're in the, the, the back end of the bracket then. Um, you know, he gets up much-needed bonus points, and Easton was in the title conversation right up until the last couple rounds here of things and it's because you get performances like that and that's a sophomore that's a sophomore at a man's Mm -hmm. weight um you know getting out there and you take a tough loss early like you said it's easy to put your head down and you know go sit in the corner for the rest of the weekend yeah and he didn't do that you know if i gotta be here i might as well go wrestle right (sighs) yeah uh i remember my sophomore year wrestling at top hat and uh it was my it was i think it was my first yeah it was my first ever varsity experience and uh you know i was like I'm here for the weekend. I might as well make it to Saturday. I made it to Saturday. Uh, I didn't. I didn't make it on the podium, but uh, yeah, I didn't want to be that guy who who didn't make it on to to the next day. So, yeah, I, I you're right, and I think those Eastern guys they they're just they're they're well uh, coached and they are well guided, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, and it shows very much. So, let's go up to the real man's weight, Mitch, and that's 285 pounds, not to be outdone by Tucker Hogan. This was Aiden Wysocki from Southwestern, who is not going to be a household name, but he came out with three falls into the finals. Two were in the first period, and then in the finals he gets a, a pin in the second period to to win the title. I mean, is did he have a, a case for, for OW? Uh, I think so, but you and I both know that the, the heavyweight <laughs> never wins the OW. Yeah, the, the votes are in long before that happens there's a heavyweight bias um you know but but he absolutely deserved it because you know when when they announced Aiden Wysocki as the champion of the tournament 
I wouldn't be surprised if everyone not from Southwest Western went who? Who? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he wrestled five matches last year. Um, he wrestled what thirty-seven in the three years before this year. You know, he hasn't had a whole lot of varsity time uh, in his career, and he, he took advantage of his his opportunity. He's a smaller guy. Um, my guess is he's probably around two thirty, um, maybe a little bigger than that. Um, but but he uses his athleticism well. He uses his speed well. Um, and there's a there's a strength in there. Uh, you got to have that if you're going to wrestle with those big guys and and get a pin in every 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 match. So really impressive performance. Now a kid that you got to watch. I think uh, for the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean look at his. I mean I I knew him, um, and I knew he got hurt last year and. Uh, he was four and one last year before um, before he he actually uh, lost to he he was in the finals of top hat last year if you remember he he lost to Emmanuel Ulrich um, last year in the finals he beat Braden Blackwell from from Central Mountain who and uh, who I thought that was a that was a good win for him this year he he wins in the finals against another kid from uh, Central Mountain Giovanni uh, Tarantula and he he gets a fall there so yeah I mean the the tape's not there on him, but clearly in the limited time that he has wrestled, he's, he's found success, right? So um, I think that goes to show that if he can stay healthy and give us a full season, he's, he's going to be one to, to look for in Hershey uh, come March. Absolutely. And if, if he was lacking any kind of confidence, he's probably not anymore. True. You know, he's, and, and, and maybe that's just what he needed. You know, maybe that's what, what you need to kind of kickstart your season a little bit. And, um, hopefully he's able to carry it. I asked a lot of guys, like uh, especially guys that are looking to get over the hump from being a just a state place winner or a state qualifier to taking that next step on the podium or taking that next step in Hershey. And and I truly do believe getting victories uh, at at an op- season opening tournament is a great springboard to the rest of the year. Yeah. Very much so. Well, speaking of the rest of the year, Mitch, you you going anywhere this weekend? You got any plans, or is the old ball and chain keeping you locked down? Uh, I th- there's there's nothing really in in my area to get to this weekend, so I'm gonna take this. I, I, weekend this is off. what I can I I can totally see this happening. Friday, you're gonna text me and be like, "Hey, I, I'm driving I'm driving at Ironman. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to Ironman. I can totally see you doing that, but I can I can promise you I will not be going All to right. Ironman. Okay, I am right. I am I am. Uh, committed to going to the Peckville Christmas house on Saturday night. If you have never heard of the Peckville Christmas house, never heard. look it up. It is the largest collection of bolt blow molds in the country. And it is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Peckville Peckville Christmas house. Okay. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Well, it's congratulations up, up, to you up North of Scranton somewhere. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm sure I'll put pictures on Twitter. So all right. I Twitter know you will. You, yeah. I, I, I follow you through Twitter. I know more about you through Twitter. So, um, yeah, me and I, Claudia, I, that's, especially our, Claudia. That's, that's our Twitter page. It, it really is. Claudia, thank you for being a good sport and, and, you know, not humping any pillows during this episode. Although I didn't see any, maybe it did happen. I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I think she's just angry because it's past dinner time. I know you're just happy because you got to hang out with Tom house, Nick all throughout the weekend. So, um, you know, I know you're excited about that. It, it would be, it would be awesome if we didn't have to do any work and we could just sit there and share war stories. It'd be uh, great. And yeah, that that's all I want to do for eight hours is just sit and share stories with Tom. Well, I, I just heard my son come home and he just yelled down to me. So 
Uh, I'm, uh, you know, you got Claudia, I got my son, I got to go to. So Mitch, I appreciate you jumping on and talking a little bit about faith Christian and Wyman seminary and also the top hat. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to, to hearing more from you. I know you got some more things in the hopper that are coming out in, in, in a couple of days or, or the week. So, um, we appreciate all you do for PA power wrestling. I got videos from the finals at, at, at uh, top hat too. I'll be posting those, nice. uh, at some point I will be at King of the mountain in two weeks as well. Yes. All right. Yes. Anywhere Mitch can be is, is good. So, all right, Mitch, we appreciate it. And thank you for listening in to the Power Hour. And you can, of course, get all the, the wrestling things you need, rankings, standings. You can get uh, news and, and interviews, all of it on, on PA Power Wrestling on Rockfin. So make sure you subscribe and get on there. We also got a ton of live streams. We just streamed the, the Cumber Valley Kickoff Classic, and we're going to be streaming the Hampton Dog Duels this upcoming weekend. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks again to Mitch and we will see you very soon. Keep it classy wrestling fans.